Shalom and welcome to Killing the Church, a conversation with Bradley and Seamus, where we sip some whiskey and talk some Bible. Today we have a a rather special episode in mind for you guys tonight, so uh, definitely grab a whiskey, grab a Bible and a notebook, and uh, get ready for what we have for you. um, go ahead and enlighten us on what I'm saying. This is not often we do a holiday special. We, you know, <laughs> we haven't had occasion for it, but yeah, we'll be doing a uh, an episode specifically outlining uh, Hanukkah and Christmas. Yeah, because you know those fall in the same season. So yeah, typically, except for that one year where it fell on on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. That, that was, was awesome. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, as per the tradition, uh, we will do a short whiskey review, and then we will just jump right into it. So for to, for me today, I'm drinking, uh, I'll show it to this camera here, get, get out of the way, <laughs> uh, Black Bush um, Irish Whiskey. This is one of my absolute favorites. What do you have? Uh, today I'm doing my typical standard Telemore Dew. That's uh, one of my favorites. Actually, you turned me on to it. I was going to say, I used to drink a lot of Telemore Dew. Um, it's just a nice... It's it's cheap, but it doesn't taste cheap. Yeah, and the Black Bush, um, regular Bush Mills is cheap, but the Black Bush is not much more expensive, and I feel like you get double the quality. It's so, better. It yeah. is a better quality whiskey. They aged this for eight years instead of four, and they put it in a sherry cask. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yep, matured in sherry casks. So of course you know my favorite is sherry. So. Of course. But um, yeah, cheers, Lachaim. Mm. So, I feel like in, in, in opening here, let's just kind of go ahead and, and ask the question. Hanukkah. A lot of people think that's just a, a, Jewish, a Jewish Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. right? <laughs> um, so, uh, expound a little bit on on whether or not it is or isn't and why. Cool. Um, yeah. Right before I do that, though, don't forget to like, hit that subscribe button, and leave a comment. Uh, if you're drinking whiskey with us, tell us what you're having and, and why you're having that. And once again, you're going to want to sit down for this episode anyway, so you might as well crack open a whiskey. You'll be here in a minute. Um, but uh, <laughs> with that being said, Hanukkah, not just the Jewish Christmas. In fact, um, let's just say, uh, let's say that Christmas starts with the advent of, of Christianity, right? Okay. Assuming yeah. that that's the case, which it's not. But if we assumed that that was the case, Hanukkah predates Christmas by 400 years. Yeah. Um, and so it's not the Jewish Christmas. If anything else, it's the other way around. Christmas is the the Christian Hanukkah, um, more or less, which it's not. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Hanukkah <laughs> definitely came before. Um, but, uh, but I guess Christmas as the holiday is actually way more ancient than Hanukkah in a, in a sense, just not in a Christian sense. Yeah. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But Hanukkah... Um, it's actually one of my favorite holidays, personally. Hanukkah is one of those um, lesser-known holidays that people don't really fully understand. A lot of the times, uh, the, the knowledge of, of Hanukkah only goes so far as to say that the, that the menorah was lit 
for um, eight nights using one day's worth of with, worth of lamp oil. And uh, that, that's a small miracle, and it seems like really uneventful. You know, the, the, the idea is like, well, that's cool, I guess. You know, yeah. eight days. Oh, whoa. a flame lasted wow. eight days. That's big, that, right? That must be pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, these guys. <laughs> right. Um, but Hanukkah is not at all that. Uh, that's just the part that we tend to uh, beautify, mm-hmm. to put it in, in Jewish terms. The beautification of, of a certain... Um, uh, Custom tradition. Yeah, you yeah. you take something and you, you make it more beautiful. Um, but Hanukkah is it's uh, it takes place in the Book of Maccabees, which is actually in in the Apocrypha. Yeah, it's 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 not a book in the original Bible. Catholic Bibles have it. Yeah, some Catholic Bibles have it. The American Standard Version um, has it, uh, which is, I believe is a Catholic Bible. Uh, is is it? Not the new American standard. The just, Ameri- just the American yeah, standard. Yeah, the ASV, I, I believe, is a Catholic Bible. I wasn't aware of that. I knew I knew the Dewey Rhymes was, like, uh, popular among Catholics, but... Yeah, no, I, that one... There are a couple of translations out there that have the Apocrypha. Um, but if you don't, if they don't, uh, you can easily get access to an Apocrypha via other means, especially the advent of the Internet these days. Oh, yeah. Um, but it takes place in the Book of Maccabees, and uh, the, the long and short of this story, um, so that we can get into the juicier bits of this video... But Hanukkah, um, during during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, the essentially Judaism had been outlawed, um, where it was illegal to be to, to do anything Jewish. It was the it, it was a, the the epitome of religious discrimination. Yeah. Well, Antiochus Epiphanes, correct me if I'm wrong. That is the uh, he's the 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 Jewish prototype for what their idea of the Antichrist would be. Yeah, that's actually, that's exactly right. Um, I believe, um, no, uh, when Yeshua talks about the um, abomination, that's actually Daniel. The abomination that causes desolation. Yeah. And, he, and he quotes Daniel in that passage. Yeah, he quotes Daniel. Um, but uh, Antiochus Epiphanes was not far off away from what would be the, the Antichrist, according to a Jewish mind. But essentially, um, the Maccabean Revolt, uh, this guy, Matis Yahu Maccabee, um, starts this revolution uh, against the Greek Empire uh, for religious freedom. And uh, the long and short of it is, outnumbered heavily, um, outarmed and out, outmanned and everything against them, uh, they rose up and defeated the, the Greeks. I'm going to say their odds were, were very similar, uh, if I'm not mistaken, to like the 300 Spartans of Thermopylae against the entire Persian Empire. Yeah, it was, actually. It was those kind of odds they were facing. That's that's an actually, that's accurate, I would say. Um, as far as Maccabees is concerned, uh, the numbers are pretty close. Um, the Book of Maccabees seems to actually be hinting at the story of uh, Jonathan and that outnumbering um, where Saul uh, is going against... Um, who is it again? Uh, the oh man, if you hadn't asked me, um, <laughs> is uh, the it Philistines? Philistines? Well, it'd be yeah, the Philistines. It's the Philistines. Yeah, Jonathan and uh, and, and his bullets. shield bearer and yeah, and they go and and they had like less than three hundred people against three hundred chariots plus an innumerable amount of of infantrymen, and they still came out on top. The Book of Maccabees seems to be hinting at that kind of pattern um, when it's written. Um, it, it, it like it, it it mirrors that. Kind of hints back at that story. Yeah, the, the the writer of Maccabees assumes that you know the story, and so he's constantly making references to that story in order to draw a parallel between the Maccabean revolt and and 
with Jonathan and the Shield Bearer in that particular battle because they were heavily outnumbered, like I said. Um, but uh, the, the biggest thing was because Judaism had essentially been outlawed, Jews were being killed left and right because they were keeping kosher. Um, Antiochus Epiphanes at, at one point ordered that if you circumcised your child on the eighth day, he would not only murder the child, he would force the mother to wear the child's body around her neck mm. for eight days, and then the mother would be murdered. The, 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 the atrocities that were committed against the Jewish people in this time yeah. are unheard of, and a lot of people don't, don't understand that. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I guess historically speaking, I mean, you know, Hitler certainly was no joke, and he was he was a, an absolutely terrible human being. But he, even he doesn't really quite capture the atrocities Antiochus did. To I would say people. they're equal, actually, because Hitler did some really bad things too, like on Yom Kippur. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, Yom Kippur. He that's the only time he would feed them because it's the only time they couldn't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's things just, like that. That's that's terrible. That's um, torture. Women giving birth, they'd cross their legs so that they would die in childbirth. Mm. Um, stuff like that, like the the atrocities. It was. Uh, Jews, uh, a lot of the times, refer to it as the first Holocaust because uh, it was that, that would make bad. sense. Yeah, that would make sense. And not for nothing, um, Jewish genocide has been attempted at least five times in history. It's the most oppressed people group in all of all human of world history, history yeah. has been Judaism, um, unfortunately. And uh, that didn't really come to our minds until the late 1940s when we realized that this was still an ongoing problem. And then since then, our minds have been a little bit more sensitive to Judaism uh, as, a, as a greater society. But up until that point, you know, they were seen as less than people. They were rats. Yeah. But um, to that point, so they revolt. And then uh, the, the temple had uh, largely been, you know, ransacked and, and desolated. And, uh, and, and all sorts of unholy things have been committed to the temple. Um, once they finally kicked the Greeks out... They go to rededicate the temple, which is Hanukkah means dedication or rededication. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they went to to do this rededication, um, there was only one vial of oil left that had not been um, desecrated, and it was only enough for one day to light the menorah. And they wanted to rededicate the temple and start the services again and, and, and bring God back down to earth and, and spin Jerusalem back up into into Ju- Judaism. Um, and with that one vial of oil left, they decided to, regardless of the fact that they didn't have enough, and it would take eight days to make enough um, to light it again, they decided that they would uh, light the menorah anyway. Mm. Yeah, they wanted to rededicate the temple as soon as possible, even if it was inconvenient, even if it didn't make sense. Um, and the importance of the miracle of the eight days is not that it lasted eight days when it shouldn't have, but it's it's... At the time of the Maccabees, they didn't know if God was on their side. They they had fought this war, and you know they they felt abandoned. They were living in darkness. It's it's winter time. Um, the winter solstice holidays were being used as an oppressive force against them. The days are short and the nights are long, and so they felt abandoned. They didn't know if God was on their side. They they wondered, is this our doing, or did God help us? And the eight days of consecutive light, without the oil being consumed was the miracle that showed them that God was in fact mm-hmm. with us and that he approved and that he was re- he was inside the temple with the Jewish people. So the rededication was successful. So it's actually a really big miracle. It's a, it's a sign that God was with us in, indeed. And um, the language, once again, parallels being drawn in Maccabees. Um, it was a fire that didn't consume anything. 
Yeah. Which sounds like 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 the burning bush. The burning bush. The yeah. fire that didn't consume fire that the bush. Didn't consume. Yeah. So the fire didn't consume the oil, and so it's it's Mount Sinai all over again, which is another reason why it's such a big deal. God was in the fire. So I want to go back real quick, um, because uh, you you'd kind of briefly mentioned something that I'm sure people are going to be cons- you know, <laughs> curious about. I did that on purpose. Um, the uh, you know the 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 whole idea of of uh, the the abomination that causes desolation. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and 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 you you'd mentioned you know atrocities and desecrations that were you know done to the temple. So, uh, what 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 would Jesus have been referring to uh, specifically? as the abomination that causes desolation. You mean when a man enters the temple and claims himself to be God? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be the... That, and I, I think uh, particularly the instances that a pig was slaughtered on the altar. Yeah, there's a... Um, which is an unclean animal. Yeah, uh, something brought into the temple that would be otherwise like a pagan sacrifice. Yeah. Um, which would not be okay. But on top of that, as, as, as a prerequisite to that also, is a man claiming to be God in the temple. Yeah. Um, and so those two things together are what are known as the abomination that causes desolation in, in Judaism. Yeah, I, I just figured that that you know the, the the people who are looking forward to the end times might might be curious to, to understand <laughs> that information because it's kind of one of those puzzles in Christianity. It's like, well, Jesus talks about the abomination that causes desolation, and there's so much uh, debate and theorizing what over what that is in Christianity. And for Jews, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's that thing that happened back then. Yeah, this really bad thing. <laughs> Not a joke, um, but I, I think also it's probably important to to explain a little bit the uh, the significance of the eight days, um, you know, because in it's funny in, in explaining that you mentioned eight days a couple of times in reference to a couple of things. So you know you've got the eight days of a of a before a child is named and, and circumcised if it's a male child, um, and Hanukkah itself is an eight day holiday, uh, which you know, and this we could do a whole other video on. We this really topic. could on the number eight. Um, but uh, it, it, as as I understand, because uh, because of the war, uh, because of the oppression, they were actually unable to fully celebrate Sukkot yep. in its in its entirety at that point. And so uh, Hanukkah, they 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 kind of uh, celebrated. They they took upon themselves to to celebrate Sukkot in that time, and 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 that was like a, a second chance at Sukkot for them. Yeah. Um, and so that's it. I find it interesting that um, Sukkot actually is kind of at, at the center of the heart of the celebration, um, being that that's it's not necessarily an eighth day festival. It's a seven day festival that culminates with an with an eighth day with an eighth day yeah. holiday. Yeah, um, attached to not really attached to it, but consecutive with it. Um, so it's, it's it's a separate holiday, but it's the same. It's a same, same, but different. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's one of those things too that you know. Um, it's funny, you know, when when you mentioned before that that, that Hanukkah actually predates Christianity by a good four four hundred years or so. Yeah. Um, we actually see in the Gospels we see Jesus, you know, uh, at, at least present at a celebration. A lot of people may, you know, argue. Well, it doesn't say he was celebrating. It's like, well, it says he was there well, during this holiday. It's not so. even that he was there. It's <laughs> that he was in the temple. Yeah. During the holiday. Um, John chapter 10. Yep, John 10. um, 22, I think, is where it picks up. 22, exactly. Um, Yeah, and then came uh, the Festival of Dedication, um, is what I have here. Actually, so this is a Messianic translation, so it says, and then came Hanukkah. Um, Yeah, let me see what the Holman says, actually. I'm curious. Yeah. 
Let's see what the KJV has to say, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I think it says dedications, actually. Yeah, I believe it does, too. Uh, I doubt you're going to find one that says uh, Festival of Lights. I'd be curious to know, though. Yep, Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. Yep, uh, then the Festival of Dedications took place, or Dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. So, yeah, yeah we, so it's Hanukkah. We, we, we have an example here of, of even Jesus acknowledging uh, Hanukkah, which is not, it's not exactly a biblical holiday the same way that, like, Sukkot and Passover are, but no. it's, it's, it's honored by, by Judaism. And we see clearly here it's honored by the Messiah himself. It's it's definitely one of those holidays that's not considered a biblical holiday because it's not in the Torah. It's not one of the holidays that God commanded. Yeah. But it is a holiday where God is present. And so that that key detail makes it a, uh, a biblical holiday, so to speak. If you consider Maccabees to be biblical, which most Jews don't, um, but still the presence of God is so so obvious that... Um, that it's uh, it's considered a biblical holiday. Yeah. So uh, again, I I, th I find it interesting. Actually, this kind of ties the discussion together. Really, the fact that we've we've kind of brought Sukkot into the discussion because <laughs> you know, so biblically speaking, that would actually be closer to when Jesus would have actually been born. Yeah. You know. So we we mentioned we we're going to bring Christmas into this, and and we'll get there, and and we're going to get there. <laughs> um, the the kind of the important thing, I guess, to preface it though, is because you know, so Christmas is December twenty fifth. Okay. And uh, there's debate over whether or not. That was when Jesus was actually born. Um, most scholars, that's not a debate. Most most scholars would agree it's Everyone not. Everyone knows it's not. <laughs> um, but believe it or not, I've, I have met uh, Christians in the Christian church that, like, they actually still believe that. Like, adults who... Like, he was born on... Like, he was born on December 25th. Like, they, they believe that. Um, and it's... It, so, you know, kind of to just dispel some of that and and bring the bring the question to your mind like how did we come to december 25th why did we land on that date yeah, it's a to good. honor the birth of jesus uh why, why that date specifically um because you know so like the deposta computus okay uh it's like 200 something ad yeah. uh that actually recognized uh, march 28th as being the birth of jesus um I know uh, Clement of Alexandria thought it was like November eighteenth. Um, yeah, the, the there's so much debate about when he was born, which is super weird because that was not something the disciples cared about. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> the, the 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 very first of the Gospels, Mark, doesn't even acknowledge the yeah. story. He just picks up as Jesus as an adult. Yep. Um, one of the other ones that was that was popular in in you know early Christianity, Fitzmaier. Um, Acknowledged September 11th, oddly enough. Weird. <laughs> yeah, like that's a. But that would be closer to the original. Though. Yeah, that is actually. So closer. as as per his research, honestly, Sukkot may have fallen closer to September 11th that year. That it's not exactly false, um, but uh, the I think I think the Gospel of Luke really kind of lays out the timeline pretty well. Um, I know there are there are dissenting opinions even within the uh, Messianic Jewish and yeah. uh, Hebrew roots movement concerning that. I know Jonathan Kahn uh, makes makes his case for it being Passover, and like I get it, he he actually builds a, a pretty decent case. Right. But it, I don't find it consistent with the Gospel of Luke, and and that that creates a problem because you you can't just you know say well the imagery here is nice and it fits you know, with the purpose of Jesus, so we'll just, like, 
chalk the early chapters of Luke aside <laughs> because this fits the symbolism that I want to believe in. Um, so, you know, the Luke, as, as you know, he, he opens, he doesn't even open with the birth narrative of Jesus. Yeah. He opens with the birth narrative of John the Baptist. Right. Or at least the, the conception narrative. Yeah. So... Um, he mentions uh, specifically that Zechariah was a priest serving in the temple of the Order of Abiah. Yep. So the Order of Abiah, when when would that be? Order of Abiah, um, we find that in Chronicles. Uh, Second Chronicles, I believe. Second yep. Chronicles. Well, in, in Judaism, there's only one book of Chronicles. <coughs> Truth. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the Jewish Tanakh doesn't have First and Second Kings. It just has Kings um, and Samuel and, and Chronicles. Um, but I believe that was the early springtime. Right yeah, it would have been... Um, according to the Chronicle... It, it, now, our Gregorian months don't match up with a Hebrew calendar yes. at all. And then you have the changes that happened uh, in the medieval times when the calendar gets readjusted and, and, and all that. But uh, or basically early spring. More early much. spring, yeah. So, And that would be when John the Baptist is, is conceived. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, then, then we skip from that point over to the birth or the conception narrative of, of Jesus. This is and five months later. Six, six months, uh, according to, well, as, as the English reads, um, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, is six months pregnant at the time that the angel who has told her that she's conceived the Messiah says, go visit her. So that yep, in the six months, yeah, yep, that's right. So that puts us roughly, um, oddly enough, around the Hanukkah season. Yes. If you if you follow from that point, now we're in the Hanukkah season, which is, it the the fascinating part about that. If we're talking about imagery, Hanukkah is a celebration of the rededication of the temple. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the Christian world, the whole idea of the body is a temple, right? Well, this would have been the rededication of the human body as a temple. Yeah. This is this is when this is when the Messiah has been conceived at this point. So, when you go not quite nine months, uh, the average pregnancy is somewhere between like nine and weeks. ten months. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 not exactly nine months. Um, that brings you to right around to the season <laughs> of Sukkot. Um, so that which which again is is a celebration, um, hearkening back to the Israelites' desert wanderings when God dwelt with them in the form of a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. They stayed in tents, and they stayed in tents, which fits um, the birth narrative. Him being, you know, the the inn is too full. He's born and placed in a manger, yeah, in a, in a nearby shelter that was built. Sound to a Jew, it's like okay, it it's a, a little bit like a Sukkot, you know. Yeah, uh, and the end is full because everyone's going to Jerusalem for the holiday of Sukkot. Yes. So, seems a lot like Sukkot. Plus, winter birth with the sheep and the shepherds and everything doesn't make sense. Yeah, they no. wouldn't have been out at the time. Um, but early fall, at the beginning of the harvest during Sukkot, yeah, that makes sense. That would have, that would have been the right time for the shepherds to be in the fields. Yeah. Plus the imagery of Sukkot, man, because that's that's when God tabernacled among us. Yeah. You know, and we were intense uh, during the, and so we have the image of of uh, of the birth of the messiah tabernacling among us like that's yeah there's so much more to be had there that that, that, that christmas doesn't even and hold a candle to we could probably do word. and we probably will do an entire episode on sukkot itself the next time it rolls around we will we we, we intended on doing it this year but this year this year ended up being more hectic than anybody anticipated but yeah you know <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> so hopefully next year we'll be able to do an episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> next yeah. year in Jerusalem, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so we we can pretty safely establish that uh, Jesus wasn't born on December twenty fifth. Uh, even the early church didn't think that he was born on December 25th, and biblically, he certainly wasn't born on December 25th. So, where does it come from? Where does it come from? Yeah. Why did the church land on that date? So, but where where does the uh, where where does this whole Christmas thing come from? With, uh... So, it's it's interesting actually. So, um, you you can look in the Catholic Encyclopedia. Uh, I think even the Catechism touches on it briefly, but. Uh, the the early Catholic Church utilized syncretism mm -hmm. as as a means of, of bringing people into the fold. The idea is to expand Christianity, to to convert as much of the world as possible. Right, we're it's building the kingdom of God. Uh, that's how they saw it. Um, so syncretism uh, was was a method which they used, where uh, customs were adopted into the believing body provided that those customs could be um, used for Christian purposes. Yeah, if you could if you could inject Christianity into the meaning of the custom itself, then it was seen as good enough to bring into the fold. Obviously certain things were immediately, you know, disbarred. Uh, you know, thing, human sacrifice is obviously not something yeah. that was going to be brought into temple prostitution. Uh, yeah, temple, not okay. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Um <clears throat> But like the actual temples, the, the symbol, symbolism, um, the, the, the holidays themselves were pretty important to the culture of these people. Yeah. And it was much easier um, from an empire standpoint to just adopt it and then go, yeah, you don't have to change anything, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is actually where a lot of the controversy comes in because uh, one, of the, one of the easier points... Uh, or the more common points that, that you'll find um, in, in the, the utilization of syncretism uh, to bring pagan cults into Christianity is the festival of Saturnalia. Yeah. Or Saturnalia, or however you, however you, however you want to say it. Um, which is a, you know, a celebration devoted to the god Saturn. Uh, now, you're, you're going to find dissenting opinions on that. Um, and typically those will be a, a little bit too particular in their interpretation. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I know I, I saw one pastor explaining how, well, that couldn't be the origin of Christmas because that's December 17th. December 17th is when it starts. It's not a one-day festival, though. Yeah, it was this big... Um, <clears throat> I believe Saturnalia is eight days before the solstice and eight days after the solstice. It's well, like big... so it, I've not found that. I'm going to have to go back on my research and, and, and look for that. I, I do know that uh, originally the codified dates for the holiday was five-day festival. Um, however, the culture and society themselves continued on for eight days. Um, so they, you know, whereas the, the law says this is the span of the holiday, uh, what is recorded in history is that the, the people didn't really care and they, they extended it themselves for eight days. Yeah. Uh, so eight days, you get... Or 12 days in the Roman tradition. Yeah, I think one of the Roman traditions actually was, which is where you get the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the the original eight days, so if you start the 17th, then eight days brings you to a culminating festival right there on December 25th, which again, you know, so it's, it's interesting you have the eight-day example there. Um, 
but it's it's well out of context. Yeah, and it's uh, sun worship. Yeah, and the the culminating day itself was um, probably one of the, one of the worst of the events uh, took place. So, you know, one of the things that that uh, historians have acknowledged um, that that even accounts from the time actually uh, explains took place on on this festival is is absolute lawlessness it, it was basically a purge <laughs> for any of anyone who has seen the movies that's what it was like the, the courts were closed because it's a holiday <clears throat> well not not just it's a holiday but everything was legal for for the duration of that holiday everything even even murder was legal at that point interesting uh, it's particularly bad for women because it if you were out alone on the streets you were fair game I mean there was um, there was there was no means of prosecution for it um, and it was a it was a reversal of roles in a sense um, you know servants would be served by their masters rather than the other way around is, yeah. is kind of the idea um, but the eighth day uh, well before I get to the eighth day <laughs> the first day they would actually select um, which most commonly from the enemies of the Jewish or the enemies of the Roman people, which more often than not in, in the time frame that we're talking about would have been a Jew. Yeah. Um, or whoever was the, uh, the, the outlier, the, the outcast um, of, of the, the Roman society that, that, that you happen to live in. I got obviously up, up in the more European uh, regions, it yeah, probably would Germanics. be Jews. Um, <clears throat> but they would select from the, the enemies of the Roman people a lord of misrule. And on the eighth day, he would be sacrificed yeah. um, and executed in in some ways uh, that uh, the descriptions are pretty pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like a uh, holocaust, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> once again, the most oppressed people in human history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, one of so one of the accounts, um, Lucian, which you know he he wrote a dialogue actually. Uh, called Saturnalia, where, you know, one of the things that he notes uh, was common practice then was to uh, sing naked in the streets, which is... Caroling? <laughs> very similar to caroling. Weird. <laughs> um, uh, you know, rape, other sexual license, but uh, but but one of the other things that's very particular is the, uh, the, the eating of little human-shaped biscuits. Like gingerbread, like, man. like like the gingerbread <laughs> man, right? Like it's like like these are these are things that it's like, where have these traditions come from? Nobody ever questioned them. Yeah. But it's it's much older than we think, um, and so you know this is this is Saturnalia really is kind of where, where the origins of, of Christmas are really going to start, uh, which is which is interesting because it's as we're going to get into it and we'll find out it's it's a almost a 100% contrast of, of Hanukkah. Yeah. You know, where where the Hanukkah story itself is is almost a, a narrative of the Jews battling against people who were celebrating Christmas. I was actually, I was going to bring that up, that, um, that Christmas in history, during the time of the Maccabees, was used as a tool to oppress the Jewish people. Um, and this is a very common knowledge within Judaism. Uh, even Matzis Yahu, uh, the, the, the Jewish reggae, uh, artist has a video um, miracles and the music video is essentially you know like uh, symbols of Christmas like the Nutcracker and things like that um, jailing and oppressing uh, the, the Hanukkah spirit 
so mm-hmm. to speak, and then they use like a big hammer and they and they defeat Christmas with the hammer. And yeah. Mac- Maccabee means hammer, um, so it's a direct reflection of the Maccabean it's... revolt, which defeated Christmas so that they could celebrate. Uh, and practice Judaism. It's interesting Maccabee means hammer, because correct me if I'm wrong, that that not only was it their leader's name, you know, uh, uh, Yehuda Maccabee, yeah. that, 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 that was his name, but it but it also played into kind of the, the, the tactic that they used at beating back the, the Greek armies. Oh, it was attrition warfare. Yeah, up. it was yeah. just, you know, <laughs> they, they, they'd hit fast and hard and then pull, and back, pull back the same way like, like a hammer blow, yep. you know? And when they let their guard down, they come back in and yeah. pull right back out and Rinse, wash, repeat until it works. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so it's it, it's just fascinating how, how all of that kind of comes together. But uh, it's funny that you mention um, because that that level of persecution actually extended uh, well beyond uh, that period, uh, even even after the first century uh, on into, uh, and we'll we'll discuss this further. But the persecution of the Jews on Christmas. Um, ran all the way up into the 18th century. Yeah, um, it's it's not persecuting the Jews on Christmas is actually a very recent <laughs> advent it's of Christmas. Rare. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, uh, further going back into the the uh, the point of of um, syncretism. So. Uh, yes. One, one of the citations, and I, I like to give citations on this because this is one of the issues that's actually going to be very harshly um, debated and disputed, especially by Christians. I, I you know, I saw I, I saw a video where a, a pastor uh, attempted to actually uh, dispel some of what we're trying to present here, and his like his full-on statement is that there's absolutely no evidence to link Christmas to pagan cults. There's 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 no historical link, you know. And he made this statement and and he based it on so he said, you know, look, you'll you'll read some of like what we're what we're explaining here. Um, you'll read it on websites, um, and the information is out there, but it's hardly ever sourced. Hmm. Okay. Uh, now not only is that not true, like I Everything he said, he couldn't find a source for, like a legitimate scholarly source for. In five minutes, <laughs> I found legitimate scholarly sources for. So I, I don't know if he just did a five-minute Google search and decided to call it a day. I don't, I'm not trying to dog on him, but there is certainly sources for it. So one of them being uh, Stephen Nissenbaum, professor uh, at the uh, University of Massachusetts, actually explains... Um, in return for ensuring mass observance to the anniversary of the Savior's birth by assigning it to this resident date, December 25th, uh, the church for its part passively uh, allowed the holiday to be celebrated more or less the way it always has been. So we, we see that basically what, what, what the early church did was go, hey guys, like we can... Cool. Keep the day and and the and the festivals. You're you're drunken singing, uh, naked in the streets. You're eating of gingerbread men. You're you're rape and murder, lawlessness. Like you know, you can keep all of that. Um, just we'll do it on this date, like you always have, and we'll say that it's to celebrate Jesus. Uh, more or less, kind of what happened. Yeah. That as far as there's a letter that Saint Augustine um, wrote. Uh, I can't remember who it was addressed to, and I'm pulling this from memory, so I don't have that citation ready for me here now, but 
essentially in this letter, uh, Augustine is talking to a group of would-be Christians in a new area, and he says things like, hey, their customs, their, their temples, all of that, don't destroy them, don't try to get rid of them, just incorporate it into the religion and make it for a Christian purpose, mm-hmm. um, and, and all, is, all is well. Yeah, it's, it's so there. You know, Augustine. Yeah, he he is another one that that openly condoned the use of yeah. of syncretism. Matter of fact, we don't actually see anybody resist the use of syncretism uh, until like after the Reformation. You know, yeah. the, the 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 Puritans uh, specifically actually outlawed Christmas. So yeah, in America, you know, <laughs> in, in, in America. So because America was the New World, right? This yep. was the new start at Christianity, um, and so they they outlawed it, and it actually wasn't fully legalized and encouraged in society until after the war between the states um that that's the that's why your typical depiction of of the traditional american christmas takes place in the 1860s right where you've got the one horse open sleigh and the kid on the street corner screaming extra extra and there's (laughs) snow everywhere and people are roasting chestnuts over an open fire like that's that american christmas that every that's what coca-cola pushes in your face right yeah yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, that's because that's when it was widely celebrated in america prior to that there were certain uh certain you know uh europeans that did adopt it after obviously after it was no longer outlawed by the puritan settlements i was gonna say the it was outlawed in america right until there were so many Germans that were living in the area that it just was like, well, we'll let you, we'll let you keep your holiday, I guess. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, 1659 to 1681 specifically. Those are the, those are the years in which it was like, it was outlawed for sure. 1681, they kind (laughs) of lifted some of the barring, but um, Christians didn't actually celebrate it. Yeah, it was Uh, not a holiday that they associate with. Um, uh, matter of fact, uh, Puritans, we've mentioned them, uh, Increase Mather actually specifically wrote on, on the matter saying, look, the early Christians didn't celebrate the nativity because that's when Jesus was born. They celebrated it specifically because that's when the pagans celebrated Saturnalia. Like he's, an Increase Mather is, uh, he was one of the Puritan uh, leaders at that point, one of the, the high ranking uh, Puritan church officials. Um, a lot of people may actually know him as uh, one of the witch hunters from the Salem witch trials. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Cotton and Increase Mathers, they were, uh, they were two of the uh, leading officials that delegated concerning the Salem witch trials. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, we have historical reference from an actual uh, you know, historian and uh, church leader that says, look, yeah, this is, has nothing to do with Jesus' birth. We just started celebrating it at that point, or they started celebrating at that point because that's when the pagans celebrated yeah. their their Saturday. Starting to become popular <clears throat> as more more immigrants from European from European area uh, came. Yeah. Um, and he, even to that point, uh, I think it would be um, interesting to hit on why syncretism is bad. That's not a bad point, actually. Um, because at this point, we've been saying that it's bad. Why? Why Why is it bad to adopt pagan customs into a Christian lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Uh, which, I, the what comes to mind um, is probably going to be from Deuteronomy uh, is either 10 or 12. I want to say 10. Uh, 12. Is it 12? Okay. Yep. Uh, so 12, verse 30. I'll start in verse 29 and uh, go beyond uh, for context reasons. And I, once again, I'm reading a Tree of Life version, which is a messianic um, 
translation. So, so when Adonai your God cuts off uh, before you the nations that are going into that are going into dispossess, when you have dispossessed them and settled in their land, verse thirty, be careful not to be trapped into imitating after them. Uh, they have been destroyed before you. Do not inquire about their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods? I will do the same. 31. You are not to act like this towards Adonai your God, for every abomination of, of Adonai, which he hates, they have done to their gods. Uh, they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Um, and that's like a... Um, that's a reference to Molech. That's a reference to Molech, and that's like a, a you know, digression of thought where it's like, yeah, they're so bad that they even do this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the main commandment there is you must not do the same to your God. Mm -hmm. So to call um, to call Christmas a, a Christian holiday is in direct opposition to Deuteronomy 12. Yeah, I mean, at this point we're talking about, you know... Uh, very obviously uh, pagan customs and and we'll get more into that as we're going on um but uh, in addition to that it, it's again it's a holiday it's been used to systematically oppress god's people yeah in 1466 <laughs> pope paul for like for just his own amusement yeah. uh made the jews run naked through the streets yeah. um and and that practice actually continued uh, even up through, again, I say, you know, the 17th and 18th centuries, um, where specifically the, the rabbis 